All right, we got to get right into it. Eric, I went to an eight-year-old, or more specifically, a third-grade soccer league game over the weekend. And I guess I'll start with the positives. Um, for those of you who have watched your kids play sports, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And those of you who have yet to do that, um, you may not know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to try to capture it for you. It was the most riveting live sporting event I have been to in a decade. It was also left me questioning where we're at as a society. Okay. And I will tell you why I came, you know, they're, they've set up, they have fields, they have three different soccer fields running simultaneously. These are all third graders playing soccer. You know, I guess there might've been some other younger, even younger kids. This particular league goes, goes third grade and down. So, um, and the games are being refereed by, as far as I can tell, middle school aged kids okay we're we're on the field refereeing the games now on any of these fields there was a side where the players and the coaches sat when they were not playing right and then i I brought like a chair to watch and I'm like, okay, I will set up on the other side from where everybody else, where, where the players and the coaches are. Apparently nobody else understood that that was a good idea to do because I was on an Island by myself sitting across now, where were the other parents of kids watching this? They were like practically sitting in the bench area of the game. Okay. These, I'm sorry if anybody who I know who's a parent, who's like a parent of, <laughs> that, that I talked to at this, I did try to gently offer some advice. And there was one person that I don't know that I did not gently offer advice to. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But, um, I, I discovered it was intentional, the, the seating placement, because their intention while watching this third grade soccer game was to yell instructions at their kid for the duration of the entire match. Anytime their kid got near the ball in the game, they were yelling extremely helpful instructions. And, and I hope everybody caught the sarcasm, like, kick it. Do a big kick, take it up the field, shoot it, shoot it. <laughs> and as a coach, I would just like to travel to all of these people's full-time place of business. Okay. And while they are like, let's say they're, um, I don't know, like uh, uh, in, in, middle management at some corporate job, when they're talking to their employees, I would like to stand behind them 
and yell my own set of instructions for what I think they should be doing during the course of the day. And I would like to see if they really enjoy that. Now, that would be great. I could just see it. Just see it. Synergy. Synergy. This, <laughs> this was one level of thing where I completely lost my cool was, again, I did not know this person, but there were people like aggressively attacking these middle school kids that had come to referee a third grade soccer game. For probably like 10 bucks a game or something. No, I mean, yes. I think they were getting paid something, but like, who who cares? But not even? worth getting yelled at by an adult. Oh my Lord, Eric. Have we lost our minds? Like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing as a society that we think it's okay to come to any non-professional sporting event and by the way i count a lot of uh, nca sports as professional sporting events become any non-professional sporting events and harass the person refereeing it do, do these people not understand that we're like just barely hanging on for dear life like in terms of being able to staff sports things the coach as far as i can tell is a volunteer the assistant coach is a volunteer and the referees are almost volunteers and they're children and they're and the referees are children and you're yelling at them because you're upset that they're that your your interpretation is that they're not enforcing the rules correctly at a third grade soccer game huh <sighs> Just needed to get that off my chest. And you know what? I, despite all that, I do have empathy for parents. Like I said, it was gripping. I could feel that I was really emotionally invested in what was happening. But that doesn't mean, just because you're having a strong emotion about something, doesn't mean you can just do whatever you want and behave Well, I was like really caught up in it. I really care. Like, great, awesome. It's, you love your kids. Good. Good. Doesn't mean you get to behave however you want. You can, you, you have to, like, there are, there are some facets of decorum in life. And I would like everybody to know that one of them is don't coach your children. Unless you're actually the coach and circumstantially you've been put into the position of coaching your own child, don't coach your children and just be quiet about people that are refereeing a youth sports contest. I just did, I didn't, ex Eric, I did not expect it. I did not expect it. I'd only been to summer league swim meets where people were. I, I not, I didn't observe the same level of like, first off, what, I mean, you have to be really a special level of crazy to yell instructions to your kid while they're trying to swim. Cause there's no chance oh, they're going to hear the anything best. you have to say, right? Those are the best. right? There's no chance. Like, yeah. believe me guys, coaches, if we could, we do yell stuff sometimes that's us also being crazy. But if, if we could, 
communicate with kids during a race um, will be the first one to tell you. But it, it's, it's it's really just for us. I mean, <laughs> they they recognize sound. I mean, it's audible, like the, right. the roar of a crowd as, as a swimmer, yeah. as most of the people who listen to this podcast know. But the reality is, unless you are in the end lane, you cannot make out any anything. No. You just hear and like you're, nothing and, you're, and then and then nothing and, and if, then like and if you're screaming specific details as a former backstroker, if you are screaming specific details to a backstroker, you are a moron who does not understand water and the density of it. <laughs> oh yeah, well backstroke is a special one, right? Because it's you it, theoretically your ears will be filled with water the entire time if you're doing yeah. it right right yeah it, yeah i mean it's gonna be right there you don't even have even that moment where your head comes up yeah like, even if they aren't like yeah you can kind of get a little bit of the roar of your teammates off the wall provided you're breaking out right around the flags but anything beyond that you have to be in the end lane and all you see is like this and then you know the occasional like this as in you know do the propulsive phase of that leg movement you know oh that word God. that starts i don't want to use the word the k word because I don't want to get you upset. And it's I know a four-letter word, Eric. Joel, Joel will feel it when I say it. Yeah, um, yeah literally and figuratively, a four-letter word. Uh, so, oh, I, 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 I'm sorry for you, Chris, that you had to go through all of that at a third-grade soccer game that was being refereed by middle schoolers who just just love the game of soccer and they just want to help and they probably are making a little bit of extra money so they can <laughs> go to a movie or like right. buy something nice for themselves. Right. You uh, know, to, to, to end this thing on a positive note, cause I actually did have a good time overall and sorry, I had to, I had to get in a shouting match with the guy who was yelling at the referee because I just, I could not take it. Um, but to end things, um, on a positive note, um, there was a elderly gentleman standing in the middle of all these fields. And I observed all three of these middle school referees come up to him before the game started. And then when they called halftime in all the games, they all returned to him. And then I was within earshot of him. And this guy spent the entire halftime period just he had watched all three games. He'd observed all three referees. He had specific feedback for every single one of them. He started all of their feedback by pointing out three or four things that he observed them doing that were really good. And I, he just was like, he coached his butt off. So I'm just watching him. It was like a tour de force in coaching for five or six minutes. And they all walk away. And I just walked up to him and I said, you have to have, have been, or are a coach. And he was like, yeah, I coached soccer for 30 years and I've been a referee for 35 years. And I just said like, well, you, I just, I'm sorry. I listened in on that incredible job, like coaching those kids. You, you were incredible. And he's like, yeah, thanks. So there is hope in this world. <laughs> there are, there are, there are um, some extremely good people involved in youth sports um, youth sports, there's, there's nothing wrong with, inherently wrong with youth sports. Um, but 
gosh, I was, it was a rude awakening to the state um, that things are in, in terms of just our sort of basic human decency around something that nominally like should just be kids playing a game, having fun. Yeah. Nothing else. Just be thankful that you don't have to spend any time amongst the parents in the swim stands. Uh, as some of my former uh, sane parents would tell me the things that they would hear, the things that they would see. And you could see them from down on deck, just absolute chaos between some people's ears for four hours. Yeah, I mean, okay, to, to broaden the conversation about this, again, I, I don't want to feel like I, I, I want to be very pointed how I feel about the behavior. What I see, what I've observed, because I, I always, when I see somebody really acting out in a way that I think is totally inappropriate, there is a part of me that wants to understand why they're behaving that way. I don't want to excuse the way they're behaving that way, but I want to understand. Man, I can see, and I, I do feel it as well, as a parent of young kids, this um, overwhelming pressure. You know, I'm under stress in all these other parts of my life. And one of, one of the most pointed pieces of stress is this constant nagging, like, is my child, you know, measuring up to other children? Are they, are they behind? Are they ahead on various milestones? You know, this, that, and the other. It's totally normal to feel that. And I think some of it has, has definitely gotten supercharged, um, uh, especially in the age of social media and so you're just like you're just thinking like gosh i just you know i just want the best for my kid and and um you know i think that 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 level of pressure and insecurity can boil over um and and lead you to behave uh like a total maniac you know and and really all it is is that you, you care a lot about your kids and you want them, you want the best for them, but man, let's, let's, let's address that separately. <laughs> like let's, uh, let's find a way to address the, the life pressures and mental health of people with young children um, in, in away from, from the sporting world. And, and maybe it will take some of the pressure off of yeah, what we see at youth sports. So, Eric uh, is here. Sorry, I've gotten all the way. I promised I would get very deep into this podcast before I introduced you, and here you are. Um, That's, uh, people heard me in the people meantime, heard you. They so, know they, you're here. so they knew I was here. They didn't yeah. know. Yeah, they didn't know probably that, that Joel is away today. Joel is um, is. He's dealing with an HR issue. I think we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's, he's been in communication with our HR department and, um, you know, that's sort of, there's a process there and it's, yeah. it's working its way through the process and yeah. we hope to have it resolved and, you know, have him back. Yeah, it um, used to be, it used to be called an action plan. I don't know what HR calls it anymore, but for those of you who are wondering, 
I, I always heard it called an improvement plan. <laughs> I guess it depends on who's, who's the one that's been commissioned to do stuff in, a, in any given HR situation. Um, so the big thing I want to talk to you, Eric, about um, today was the USA Swimming State of the Sport came out. Um, you know, this is something that um, is sort of an annual right for me to read. And then I love to dive in, you know, when they have the convention in a month, there'll be a more detailed budget. Um, again, for me, like I, I kind of skip past all of the uh, political fluff and <laughs> get to the pie chart that tells me where the money's coming from and where it's being spent. Um, so I want to devote some time to that. But um, what was your reaction? I, I sent this to you. And um, what was your initial reaction to seeing the, the state of the sport report? Um, there, were, there was a lot of vague language uh, in it. I, th I thought some of the stuff was was nice to nice to hear, I guess, in terms of some of the, the things that are going on. Um, but by and large, yeah, a lot of generalizations, a lot of vague statements, a lot of a lot of these little things here and there, but not a lot of substance um, in terms of. And maybe there's again more to come in terms of that. They can really only say so much. I don't know. I just. I'm just a little bit frustrated as, as you are, as we talked about Earl before all this, that um, as it has been in the past, it's like, it's, it's all well and good, but let's, let's see it implemented. And then let's actually communicate that implementation. I've never really seen a ton of that because maybe there's always been a lack of follow through with a lot of this stuff and maybe they do staff the conversation that I've had with some specific people are mm. going to be there to actually hold their feet to the fire. Brendan Hansen is one of those um, really trying to make sure that things are, are followed through on. So kind of an ombudsman, if you will. So I will, you bring up Brendan Hansen. I just have to mention um, he has been invited to appear on this podcast and so far has not responded to that invitation. Now I did say to him, my standard disclaimer to any, USA Swimming employee, and I'm serious about this, is, you know, given the fact that I've often been critical of them, and I have heard from employees that um, they did not, uh, that, you know, whoever their superior was did not want them to appear, that, you know, should, before he answers me, he should check, you know, to see, but uh, I've not heard from him, um, but I would like to be able to bring him on here and ask him about some of that stuff, because um, he has become somebody that you, you, you know, you can never, from afar, you can never quite tell what area of responsibility various people in the USA Swimming um, organization have, but I just keep on hearing things that, and then they say like, oh yeah, Brendan Hansen's running that, and he's running that, and he's running that, you know, so all of a sudden he seems to have become the go-to for a lot of things, he's wearing a lot of hats over there um, with the way that they have reorganized. And um, I would be really curious to find out what all those hats are and what's going on. Yeah. You too, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you know more than me, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've spoken to him. <laughs> it was at it was at summer nationals, and I, I got a bit of a background. He didn't get too into the weeds on anything in particular, but it was definitely one of those those things. Is as I would assume many of our seven listeners know that he was. Uh, a club coach, you know, coaching at Austin Swim Club. Um, one of the most hated things. If you ever run into Brendan, you want to trigger him, bring up tags, um, also known as the Texas Age Group World, World Championships. Championships. <laughs> um, and he can't stand it. You know, their team did well enough at tags, but they did way better at juniors. He was always about that development side. And that's what he's taking to heart in a lot of this is that we've, we've really missed we really missed the boat on supporting our 10 under coaches and there needs to be more done about that. And I was, it would have been nice to see some of that language, but I know Henshi only has so much space to be able to put into a state of, of swimming. And maybe that would be a, a, more of a, a talking point later on. We'll see. Um, but well, if you're going to build the base, you got to support the base. <laughs> Program. Oh, okay, so so I did I did read Hinchy's preamble to all of this, and it it really has two pieces to it. There's a bunch of, as you say, extremely vague language with this quote, "keeping athletes first. And I think we'll talk about that more later because it's not defined at all with any rights. What the heck that means? Um, it just seems to be something that sounds nice, but I don't I don't see it reflected in the rest of what's presented and it, it, you know so it, to me it seems to only go uh skin deep as a sort of pr motto for something um and then the second piece is sorry there's actually three pieces the second piece is we did an audit and we're the best ngb which is the national the, the, the sorry the annual drumbeat of usa swimming which i i always find funny uh because i don't really think it's saying much to say that you're the best ngb um when you look at uh the the problems that many national governing bodies in sports have had i i i, I really actually don't think it's something to be proud of to say that you're the best ngb but regardless you know i guess that's the category you're in um I'm also the tallest person in, in my immediate family. And um, someone out there is the least corrupt politician in North Korea. So, you know, we've, we've got all sorts of categories out there. What, what was, and then finally, the, you know, like actually the, 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 the third part that he did put in here is that they're not losing money. So it was of course a brutal couple of years with the pandemic. Um, they have done a tremendous amount of reorganization sort of fiscally, uh, operationally, and they actually made a surplus in the Olympic year. I think they're always counting on a surplus in the Olympic year. But look at this chart again um, for, for the way the quads are, are mapped out. But um, on that level, in terms of their financial health, that is good news. Any, any other impressions besides the ones I just listed from the, the Hinchy? Piece. No, I, I just, and maybe the information is out there. I haven't looked at the quad plan, even though I, in the past, I've seen the numbers and what they're expecting. It just would have been nice to see what they were expecting in terms of losses, right. like specifically during 
during the pandemic. Um, you know, interestingly enough, there was a net surplus of three plus million in 2020, which was wow. So um, despite not having a lot of money in certain circumstances coming in, they obviously had almost no costs. Mm. So um, yeah, and then obviously all the other stuff, and we'll, we'll talk about it is like, you know, where the money is going. Let's get into the pie chart. Do you think I should share the screen and, and put this pie chart up? It's, it's public information. For everybody? Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's do that. Oh, gosh. I have to open. I'm sorry. I'm not prepared. I have a new computer, everybody. Enjoy the new technology, but um, I haven't enabled Zoom to share a screen yet. So you're just going to have to tolerate us uh, describing this. Um, I'm looking at... A, a pie chart um, and uh, I guess a, a version of a pie chart is a two, two ringed uh, chart. The inner ring has all the revenue uh, broken into various categories from USA Swimming. So the overwhelming majority of USA Swimming's revenue, um, and this is always true and, and no surprise, comes from membership. Okay, so some, some combination of membership fees, you know, the fees that you pay when you sign up to be a member of USA Swimming. And then I'm assuming also various other, um, you know, stuff. So if you attend a USA Swimming event, that's probably counted under membership revenue. Um, and then you have 13% of their revenue comes from uh, marketing, partnership marketing. So, you know, essentially um, uh, companies that choose to advertise through USA Swimming or sponsor USA Swimming events. Um, you have 15% from the USOPC, the US uh, Olympic and Paralympic Committee. And then you have 10% other. And it's actually the, 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 whatever the scan of the document that I'm reading is so, so low res that I can't, yeah. I can't make out what other is okay so let's then we go to the outside so remember every the big number to remember is that 62 percent of revenue comes from membership how is that money spent um it's actually there's sort of four big categories or i should say five big categories and then one little one um 25 on the national team Okay. And I, I'm assuming that covers both sponsorship of national level athletes, um, the costs around national level events, international teams, et cetera. Uh, 16% on sport development. What do you think goes under the sport development category? This is, this is, this is something I, I was thinking about reading it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a general statement. Um, right. It would be nice again, where if there's a, an accompanying, document somewhere that we will we will get because, a month we'll get it we'll get the line item like the full budget yeah, line because item to look at because i can all i can only imagine I'm, I'm just curious as far as like um does the sport development salaries fall under that or is that under like business operations uh, or like where like so. of that's yeah that's 16 percent. is that just paying people to go from from place to place and and present on 
yeah. the, the information USA Swimming has, or is that actual development? Well, the, the number that I will be looking for, Eric, and I've looked um, over the USA Swimming budgets in the past, and um, the, 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 the thing I always compare is how much money they are spending on staffing USA Swimming as an organization, and then how much money they're actually spending on athletes. Because remember, we're keeping athletes first. Keeping athletes first. And I really want to see whether they're putting their money where their mouth is with that. Um, because, you know, I'm not saying that they're, that USA Swimming could operate without staff or that there's not need to have staff at USA Swimming, but the point is the athletes and when what they're doing, like that's the whole point of everything. And if the spending on staff um, continues to outstrip spending on athletes, and by the way, that's just really, really, really like a very, very small amount of high level athletes. And when you look at the other side of this chart, okay, the vast majority of people who are paying under the 62% membership will probably not, they, they certainly won't experience much except watching the national team that they spent yeah. 25% then, being spent and on. And then there's, there's got, there's, there's got to be some gray area. You, you know, you talk about it in terms of most of this going towards the national team, how much uh, the 16% of event operations, how much of that is going to junior nationals and above? Well, uh, uh, I would guess a lot. I mean, yeah, you know, USA swimming event operations, I guess would be um, junior nationals, nationals, US open futures championships, and yeah. pro series. Yeah. And then keep in mind too, that any brand name that's attached to it, that brand is paying to be the sponsor of those events. So right. that and, money. And the members are also paying yeah, to attend the so, event. So the, you know, the national team is 25%, but how much of the event operations are at the national level versus anything less than that, even at the sectional level. Uh, which there's a significant amount. I mean, being a sectional host, I think the last time I remember hearing it's at least 10,000 seat money to be able to host a sectional meet. There's a lot that goes into it. You're, you're, you, have, you essentially have to rent a, a university's pool to be able to host a sectional meet. Like it's, it's, it's really kind of a foregone conclusion if you're going to be able to support comfortably five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred, 800, even up to 1,000 athletes at a sectional meet. You need a big facility that charges a lot of money. But and, and, and could anyone quantify, you know, again, when you bring up membership for any given competition, how much volunteer labor, what the cost of all the volunteer labor provided yeah. by membership to run such a competition is. And I, I, I do think like at national level competitions, officials are paid or are they also volunteer? Um, it'll from my experience in seeing you at sectionals, um, there are there are opportunities where uh, a zone has can subsidize, but at the very least is paying for uh, 
expenses. So getting to a, a pool and stuff like that. And, but a lot of those people are flat out just volunteering time to well, yeah, just e even if they were getting paid, you know, yeah. in order to get their officiating black belt, you know, to be uh, yeah. to work their way up the ladder to officiate at a national level meet, they had to have put in like hundreds of hours. Yeah, volunteer it's a officiating. lot of time. <laughs> a <laughs> lot of time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, last. So so there's 25 percent national team, 16 percent sport development, whatever that is. We'll find out, I guess, when we look at more detailed 16 percent event operations. I guess I had put some of those event operations under national team, but really national team maybe just covers some of the international sort of. Yeah, events. probably the junior camps, the national camps, the, the junior trips. Um, yeah. Uh, here's, here's a big one. Insurance, technology, and business operations, 21%. Business operations. Well, I, I also would like to know, and I guess we'll find out, how much is insurance? How much is technology? How much is business operations? Is it 20% insurance, half a percent technology and half a percent I, i'm just throwing random numbers out there i don't yeah. know I, I, anything i i know the technology one uh they brought on the new website um in 2020 so and then now they, they have a new new website here. they have yeah but well we don't we don't know if it's a new new website they have a new app the the website itself we don't know if it's just going to be um like new new or if it's going to just be they're paying money to make it functional. Right. And it's really just going to be the same skin, but things are going to work a little bit better, which would be fantastic in and of itself. Cause I don't know if anybody's ever navigated some of the, the information that's in there, but when you go to find a team, there are situations where you, you can't, you can't put Austin, Texas because nothing comes up, I think. But if you put Austin TX, it does come up. And like there are certain situations and circumstances where you can't just click a button or you can't hit return. You have to click the button and it's like, it's just. Everything yeah. on that website is a couple steps short of what you would expect from a functional website in 2022. Yeah. It, it looks okay. That's probably the best thing you can say about its functionality because every other thing um, and I know we're, we're, we're I, I haven't even dug into the whole new swims yeah. database and all that stuff. I still think they have functionalities that they could have programmed in there probably 15 yeah. I lost, years ago. I lost patience. I lost patience actually and went to swim swam to find the state of, of swimming. Oh, right. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, we, I, actually, I did the same thing because I, it's like I tried to find it. I, I lasted all about 30 seconds. <laughs> it just went over to swim swam I, I was doing this yesterday i was trying to post to social media um shout out to jersey wahoos we we had two swimmers named to the national junior team was trying to post to our team social media about it and i was trying to make my way to the internal usa swimming announcement of it because so i didn't want to post link to the swim swam announcement of the USA swimming announcement. I wanted to go to the original source and boy, was it a long trip. And it did not find it internally through navigating USA swimming's website. 
I, I found it when I found somebody else's social media post and then used that link. But like finding it just by loading usaswimming.org, I could have been there all day. This is seemingly like giant news, right? Within their, like the only thing that they had to announce for a few days, but nope. Um, then there's something called in, in, int, comma, L dev, I guess. Um, I international development. International or internal? Like, does USA Swimming, the organization that, it, their mandate is swimming in America. Do they do international development? Um, I think. Why would they be, be something that swimming somewhere else in the world? I don't know. They're, maybe they're paying into something that they have to as an NGV, as far as as helping like the refugee teams or people from other countries that you know to kind of help them. <laughs> it's obvious. Awfully idealistic of you. I, 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 I know. I just can't is. imagine that they would be. They wouldn't be able to type the entire word in internal. Yeah. Why they would put, and that's kind of the standard U.S. You know, U.S.-based English language for the for international, the I.N.T. apostrophe L development. So if that is internal development, wouldn't that just be considered business operations? at that right. point right. so again i'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that they're trying to help uh, the refugee teams have suits and goggles right okay so here's my last now i just again it's been a long time since i took math and anybody that works in um marketing or development you know get jump in the comment section of this and set me straight if I'm wrong about this. But as I'm looking at this chart, they're spending 16% of their revenue, sorry, their, of their budget on marketing. This says partnering, partnerships, market, marketing, and comps. Okay. Now, 13% of their revenue is partnership marketing. So to me, those are sort of the same category. So let's just say your revenue and your budget were exactly the same. I know they're not exactly the same. They're fairly close to each other. If you were spending 16% of $100 million, let's just say that was that's not at all what their revenue or budget is, but just for the purposes of math, we were spending 16% of $100 million on marketing and your intake on marketing was $13 million. Isn't that sort of saying you found a way to turn $16 million into $13 million? You're not wrong. <laughs> like, is that good? I just, again, somebody set me straight in the comment section. If you work in marketing or development, is it a good thing when your marketing brings less money into your organization than you spend to spend on it? Yeah, that doesn't, what's, because if you're telling me that that partnership marketing commerce that you're spending into the USA Swimming Foundation. Right. Okay. Um, in 17 to 22, maybe there was 
a bigger influx into that because of COVID, the amount of payments that were that they were kind of making out to to club teams in, in order to to continue to to float and, and not not just use the PPP loans, but to have something else there too. I would I would be hopeful that that's the case, but it does it does not look good when you're spending if if those numbers are equal you're you're spending more than than you're bringing in on the same category um it's not doesn't seem to be an effective use of dollars it seems like the whole point of marketing spending would be to bring in more money so you can have more money for other things but that's just me those Um, numbers should be flipped (laughs) a net positive i feel i feel like one of those people criticizing uh uh uh, U.S. politicians for running a budget deficit, you know. In my business, we don't. We have to pay our debts every year, not the government. You know, I, I'm willing. I'm willing to be wrong, but I don't think I am in this way. Um, Eric, you got any final rants you need to let out before we wrap this one? Um, you know, I just anything, anything grinding your beans anywhere. You know, when I, before I left coaching, it was that was one of my biggest gripes was where is it all going? Yeah. I'm not seeing it. There was this huge, and for those of you who were around for it, I mean, it was, yeah, the mid 10, 2015 or something like that. It was whenever USA Swimming sold us the line of here are these increases in membership fees over these next few years, and right. they had this very pretty document of here's where the money is going and I never saw it personally I never got the email as in like here are the boxes that we have checked on this you know you're waiting for these very general statements so if you have this plan that we have here next fall let's produce a document that just literally communicates the boxes that you checked on this pie in the sky plan for the next shortened quad whatever it is it that's always the that's always the 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 big thing that i looked at and look at uh, this ngv is communicate just really put it out there and for those of you say well they do communicate it they, they may say this or they may say that it's like i didn't see it come across my email inbox. I didn't see my sport development person come through and just shoot me an email and be like, here are the, you know, here are the, the places where we've, we've done a lot of this work. I was on the age group committee. I th- went through those meetings at, at USAS and sitting through the same meeting every year and hearing the same thing about following the USA hockey model of development. And this is what we're going to do. And it was literally Groundhog's Day to the weekend every year for at least three years this is the plan but there was never any progress on it so you know i just want the only reason you knew it was the plan was because you were sitting in that meeting yeah because i happened to be at at convention so uh i am i am very um i guess i'll i'll lean towards cautious optimism because of some of the people that that are in and are a part of this, you know, we, we talked about Brennan Hansen, uh, Dana Skelton. I think I'm saying that right. She's a fantastic, she's a, she was, is a fantastic tenant under coach. 
and she's a part of that whole entire program. And I really hope that they take some of her, her best qualities and her strengths and that trickles down to our clubs. You know, they're, they're making this investment in the current staff that they have. If they don't utilize them really well, this is going to be another failure of age group development and building the base. And it's still just going to look at based on this graph that all of this money is going there, going to USA swimming to win gold medals. Yeah, it's important. But most of those people that you are servicing, quote unquote, are never, never going to be on TV in any way, shape or form, unless they're in the stands. So I'm skeptical, but I'm leaning towards that cautious optimism because of a couple of people that I know are that are now in there and are going to be doing hopefully some of that work and holding the exact feet to the fire. Well, which brings me to my final point, which I, I guess I, I'm going to hammer this home a second time because if anybody's listening and knows um, uh, Brendan Hansen or any other person at USA Swimming, I'm serious um, about an invite to come on here. Despite all the jokes we make, this podcast actually does have a listen, listenership in the thousands, somewhere around 5,000 people <laughs> download it. Um, monthly, I would venture to guess that many of them are members of USA Swimming. So I will help you communicate. Like, don't, you know, I, I actually will give you a venue to communicate what you want. You might have to answer a couple hard questions about what it is. But um, if you know what you're doing, no, you shouldn't be scared of that. Um, and, you know, let's actually try a new communication strategy because the one that you have has not been working for a very long time in, in, in my lifetime in USA swimming it has not been working and um, despite whatever expense you may have there in terms of comms um, and whatever you think you're communicating it's not it's not it's not being heard um, and it is hard to communicate in 2022. It is hard to get your message out there about something and break through to people, but um, let's try. It's also never been easier. (laughs) It's also never been easier. It's incredibly difficult, but it's (laughs) never been easier. If you know what you're doing. Um, Eric, thanks for coming on. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, If you're watching the YouTube version of this, uh, let me know what you think of the new technology. Is it better? I'm sitting at an awkward angle from my desk so I can get a different background. Do you like that? interact with us in the comments about it. We'll, um, Eric will be sure to get back to you. I'll notice in a few days. And yeah. Maybe. And if you, and if you like what you hear and like what you see, make sure you like and subscribe yeah. and share with yeah, your thank coaching you. friends. Thank you. Also check out Christy coach on Instagram. Okay. New, new Instagram feed that lots of people out there are enjoying. Christy underscore coach. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks Chris.